Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. We're joined by Taylor McCarg, former Rice quarterback, ESPN, uh, with us on 365 Sports. Taylor, thanks for your time. Let's start with that. Your thoughts about Dylan Gabriel and what he was able to do, and especially that last drive, and then under pressure to throw the touchdown pass. Yeah, I thought it was his his best performance to this point of the season by a mile. And I know we talked last week about, you know, I just had not seen enough from him to have a lot of faith in uh, him at critical points in the game, and especially delivering the ball downfield. I thought SMU, when that game was tight late, that, that gave me a lot of concern in his ability to create separation in this game against Texas, and, and that obviously was not the case. Now, on the flip side, I thought Texas played you know, by far their most poor game of the season. The three turnovers uh, really struggled in the red zone again. They outgained Oklahoma, and I think if you, if you play that game again, I think Texas is probably favored. But credit to Oklahoma for making plays when they needed to, and especially for the red zone defense. I thought that was maybe the most impressive piece of that entire game for Oklahoma. Did your opinion change about Texas at all? Maybe slightly, but I still think they are, they're going to be favored the rest of the way in. The, the Big 12 slate for them is not that challenging. And I think you probably see Oklahoma and Texas in the Big 12 championship. And on a neutral site, like they just were, is Texas going to be favored? Probably. And again, if Texas wins that game because of Oklahoma's non-conference schedule, I think Texas would be the team that would advance. They'd both be sitting there at 12-1. and one. I think Texas is the team that would advance in the playoffs, but I thought it was really disappointing for Quinn Ewer's performance. Um, came out of the gate, you know, the, the turnover early on, I believe it was the first possession. That, that can't happen. If you're a guy that's, you know, you were talking about him for Heisman contention, you can't throw that ball in that situation and be that late on a, a simple slant route. And I thought that was disappointing, but a lot of football still ahead of them. They're going to have an opportunity to uh, redeem themselves if they can get through the rest of the conference late. And again, I mean, they're going to be favored in a lot of these games in the Big 12 schedule. They're going to be favored by two scores the rest of the way in. Taylor, before we uh, start looking ahead, another one from last week that was uh, much publicized and had a very interesting outcome was Alabama and A&M. Uh, your thoughts on what you saw unfold there in College Station? Well, I thought it, it, that came down to coaching as much as anything else. And for Aggie fans that are upset with Jimbo Fisher, I think it's warranted. Uh, how the second half especially was managed. Uh, Jalen Milrow, I, I, the, Alabama has clearly honed in on what he excels at, and they're tailoring the game plan to we're, we're running the football, quarterback run game, and then when they take shot plays, that's a lot of their passing game. They're not asking him to stand in and you know work through a full progression. It's quick game, it's screens, and then it's throw the ball deep, get it over the top, give your guys a, a shot on the outside. But again, for A&M, they had, I was going to say, a chance to win that game. They had more than a chance to win that game. And uh, it was 
really disheartening if you're an A&M fan to see how that game was coached and managed down the stretch. Oregon and Washington, and what is the highest-rated game of the weekend? Your thoughts about uh, Penix, obviously with Bo Nix, two unbeaten teams, highly ranked, and what a game it should be. Well, how awesome is it that in the last year of the Pac-12, maybe it's awesome, maybe it's sad, that some of the best teams in college football are in the Pac-12, and your top three Heisman contenders right now, Bo Nix, Penix, and uh, Caleb Williams at USC are all quarterbacks in the Pac-12. I think this is going to be a fantastic game. Uh, you're going to see, for anybody that hasn't watched Washington yet, you're going to see some of the best receivers in college football. I think they have three legitimate NFL targets on the outside. Penix is playing fantastic. Uh, this is going to be a really fun college football game. And it's also, from an entertainment standpoint, it's going to be great to see college game day out there. Pat McAfee is going to have a little bit of a reckoning uh, going to the West Coast. I think the fans will, will give him their warmest welcome. But that, this is by far the most intriguing game of the weekend. Taylor, Miami had the biggest gaffe you could imagine last week. They roll in to play a very good North Carolina team this week. Will the coaching staff be hyper-focused, or will they be maybe over-correcting for their under-coaching last week? Yeah, you, you hope that uh, you can just move past it. But honestly, that's the kind of mistake that these are the kind of things that can derail an entire season. And what's also disheartening is, you know, this happened before with Justin Herbert that when he was a quarterback at Oregon and Mario Cristobal had this happen once before at Oregon. And, and I still have not heard a great answer for why they managed the end of the game the way that they did. Uh, it, it's still beyond me. And, and it, you said it exactly right. I mean, it's, a, it's an all-time mistake. And this will be something that we point back to for years and years on how they failed to close out that game when all they needed to do was take a knee. And you hope that your, your players in the locker room can respond and rally. Uh, but it, it's hard to do that when this doesn't give you a ton of faith in your, in your coaching staff. Taylor, your thoughts on uh, just the, the Pac-12 race in general. Has it cleared up in your mind that all – I mean, Lincoln Riley, we were just talking about him. and uh, I, I, Let me just ask you about that. He talks about the defense. Do you feel like the defense is – rightfully a concern and a talking point or do you think that people lay it on a little too thick when it comes to Alex Grinch and, and the deficiencies there no it's I think in, in all honesty it probably deserves more attention than it's getting I mean this is a team that on the offensive side of the ball is one of the best in college football but on the defensive side they are a in the bottom tier in terms of scheme in all of the power five and Arizona is a much improved team but the mistakes that that defense makes week in and week out, these are schematic issues. You have guys that their eyes are not in the wrong spot. They're not being coached well, and they don't get after the quarterback. And at that level, when you're talking about competing for a Pac-12 championship and getting to the Final Four, they're not in the same tier with Oregon, Washington. Uh, I think you know, in, in certain circumstances, I would take Washington State over them because they're going Washington State will be able to score – for the most part, on anybody. Um, and then for Utah, it's really for Utah, it just depends on where you're playing them. If you have to play them at Utah, uh, you're probably not winning that game. But, you know, the Pac-12 has been, in my opinion, maybe the best storyline of the season just because there's so much talent in that conference, especially at the top. And you just hope that they don't cannibalize themselves and end up missing the playoff like they typically do. But uh, this is going to be a really entertaining back half of the season following that conference. 
Taylor, you had the game earlier, right? Louisiana Tech, Middle Tennessee State. Your thoughts on that one? Yeah, we did. We had a Tuesday night game. Uh, it, was, it was good to see Middle Tennessee put a four-quarter performance together. Uh, look, I'm a fan of the of the midweek game. Uh, we had different reactions. Sonny Cumbie talked about how they, you know, their players seem to enjoy it, enjoy being on the national television stage. Middle Tennessee was kind of the other direction. They were like, it's hard on our kids. We played four games in 18 days. So I think, you know, it depends on uh, some schools have uh, handled it a little bit better. Middle Tennessee's had the injury bug, but I certainly enjoyed uh, having the midweek game. You kind of want a standalone stage. And, and now we had to, uh, we've got Navy and Charlotte on Saturday. So back to some American action. Taylor, thank you. Enjoy the week. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the broadcast. We appreciate the insight. Thank you. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.